0: Well, good morning. It's good to see you all here this morning. It's good to be here uh, this morning. As you uh, have picked up by now that uh, we're doing things a little bit different, and uh, it's been mentioned on a a few things, and we'll get to those a little bit later. I want to start with a story. I heard of a a woman, telephoned a friend and said, you know, just wanted to chat, check on her. How's it going? You know, how, how are things going? And Woman on the other line was just said, you know, I've got a splitting headache. My back hurts. My legs are aching. My kids are driving me crazy. And started to go on and on. And and uh, the lady who called then the the caller said, "Hey, look, hold on. You go to your room, go rest. I will come over right now. I will pick up the house. I will make lunch for you. I will take care of the kids, and I'm even going to make dinner for Sam whenever he comes home, so that you can just relax." And the, the, the woman all of a sudden said, kind of disgruntled, said, Sam? My husband's name is not Sam? To which the caller goes, oh, no, I called the wrong number. I'm so sorry. There's a long pause. And the woman on the other line said, does that mean you're not coming over? <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about service, and uh, especially service in, uh, in a broad sense, and I think a good definition of someone who's in service would be someone who would come over. They would come over even if it was the wrong number, because that's what people who serve do. And we know those people. We want those people around us. We love it whenever we have people of service that are around us. So today we're going to be talking about service for a little bit. Uh, And then we're going to mainly because we're going to be recognizing, and installing new deacons, recognizing all of our deacons um, and uh, going through that. If you remember when we first announced or first did this uh, uh, process of getting more deacons, I did a sermon and I spent some time with the word diakonos, which is the Greek word where we get the uh, transliteration to the word deacon and i spent some time on what diakonos meant what it could mean it was most often it's translated servant sometimes it's translated minister and sometimes it's transliterated as deacon and so I, I mentioned that this word is used in reference to jesus it's used in reference to the apostles it's used in reference to men who serve to women who serve and also to all christians as something that all of us should be doing. So uh, since I spent so much time on that in the last sermon, instead of focusing on the who of Diakonos, today we're going to focus on the what that actually looks like. What it looks like to actually serve. And, And I can't think of any better example than to look at Jesus and how he served. He was the one guy that could be exempt from service, yet he chose to make his life all about service. So, real quickly, we're going to be looking at John 13. It's a very familiar story probably to most of you. Uh, John 13 is where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And it says this It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that his hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put, uh, had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. I want you to imagine this situation with me for a minute. In any culture of any time period, washing someone else's feet would be considered one of the lowliest jobs. It doesn't matter if you're in ancient Israel, if you're in the time of Jesus, or even in a modern culture of today, that is one of the lowliest positions. Now, one of the big differences that we have now compared to that culture is, in that culture, most people walked to go, in for, that was their main mode of transportation, was walking. And their shoes were not the nice covered, you know, toe shoes that we have with socks and, and all that. They wore sandals. And as you can imagine, going from hither to thither, you're going to get probably more than dirt on your feet. You're going to get where all the other, the animals passing by, everything else, you're going to be kicking that up and it's going to be on your feet. So it was a common courtesy that when you entered a guest, uh, as a guest, and you entered a house, the owner of the house would either provide a slave with the job, uh, with the water and the towel to wash your feet as you entered the house as a way of respect and a way of cleanliness, or they would at least, if they didn't offer the slave, they would at least offer the water and the towel for you to wash your own feet. In fact, Jesus hints upon this and whenever the woman uh, washes his feet at, the, at that Simon's house, um, and he kind of chastises Simon for not offering this common courtesy of at least offering water to wash my feet. So this was a common thing that, that would be done it, as far as we can tell when you entered into the room. So in the previous chapter, Jesus sends a couple disciples to go and prepare the upper room. This is for the Last Supper. This is kind of the... The last moments of Jesus' life, he sends a couple disciples, and I I just kind of wonder if the other disciples, or even these two that he sent to make preparations, were just a little concerned whenever this small detail of washing someone's feet when they entered the room was overlooked. I wonder if they kind of entered and and, you know maybe they're talking along the way, and as they enter into the room, it just kind of strikes them as saying, "Hey." We missed that. Now, I have to presume this. Scripture doesn't say what's in the minds of these, uh, these disciples. We see a little bit before that they're asking who's the greatest. So it could. It, this is not a far jump. I'm wondering if someone even thought, one of the disciples was sitting there thinking, well, somebody ought to go do this. Somebody at least ought to go wash Jesus' feet because, you know, he's our Lord and master. We ought to at least go wash his feet. But someone will do it, Right? I'm just going to wait around and see if someone else does it. If you've been in the church any length of time, you know that that's how a lot of mentality works, isn't it? You walk by the nursery and you see the, all the toys kind of strung out and everything. No, one else is, no one's in there and you, you think to yourself, man, someone ought to clean that up. I mean, it's not my ministry, but it kind of looks bad. You walk into the restroom and you see that, you know, I'll blame kids, but, you know, it's probably one of the older people that, you know, had thrown toilet paper around and everything like that. I don't know who to blame. I wasn't there to see it. So we'll just assume. Someone should clean it up, though. I mean, someone should. And we have this mentality, don't we? Well, not, not me. I, I'm in other places. Kind of reminds me of that old acapella song, if you remember. Everybody said that anybody could do all the things that anybody should do. I can't, now I'm misquoting it. But it's this whole idea that someone else should do it, right? Not me. And you know what happens in that mentality, right? No one does it. Because everyone else thinks that someone else should be doing it, and so no one steps in and does what needs to be done. Well, thankfully, at this Last Supper, the deed of washing the feet does get done. In an unexpected way, though. Jesus is the one that picks up the towel and begins to wash their feet. The one person who you would think would be exempt from this task, the one person that should have a free pass on this one, saying, hey, uh, he shouldn't have to do this. The rest of us really should. He's the one guy that is willing to get up, pick up the towel, and begin to wash their feet this is a huge statement being made because Jesus as their Lord is making an example of service I want you to notice a detail though I picked it up this last time that I was reading through this because it really struck me in verse 2 it says the evening meal was in progress in verse 4 he says the uh, Jesus got up from the meal I'd forgotten this little detail in the culture, if, I, if you remember what I just told you, in the culture, foot washing happened when you entered the home, long before the meal was ever served. Jesus, in the middle of the meal, decides to take this task upon himself. Either that's how long it took for the disciples to really kind of notice, I don't know, but Jesus takes this opportunity the reason I find this so important is that Jesus is not just picking up a lowly task that was common and no one else would do it I believe Jesus is making a statement here you see while everyone else would be worried about keeping their hands clean to eat a meal Jesus was getting his hands dirty see in a meal you usually think go wash your hands before you eat you know we tell our kids we have a little thing on our bathroom that, you know, wash, uh, wash your hands and say your prayers because Jesus and germs are everywhere. You know, you ever seen that one? It's a great one. Um, but yeah, we tell them, go wash up before we eat. And Jesus, in the middle of the meal, gets up to get his hands dirty. I believe what Jesus is demonstrating here is an example of what it really looks like to serve. Inconvenient time, not even the right person, as it would seem a huge statement. In fact, Jesus would uh, then say this He said, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, returned to his place. He says, Do you understand what I have done for you? He said, You call me teacher, you call me Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, You also should wash one another's feet. I have set for you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus is saying, this isn't just about one act of being able to come and, and, oh, wait, someone forgot to wash their feet. This is a thing that the disciples were supposed to continue, to emulate in their own ministries, to go and serve. To get their hands dirty in service, not clean in ritual. To be a part of the ministry, I believe this is something that it wasn't just for the disciples. I think Jesus is telling every one of us, we better be willing to pick up our towel and get our hands dirty in service. Whatever that looks like. So, for for each of us individually, I, I want you to ask the question of yourself, where are you going to roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty in ministry? Where are you going to do that? Because every one of us is called to do that. This morning, we've ha- we have a group of men that have answered that call of where they're going to get their hands dirty in service. We have a, 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 a few uh, new deacons, but we also have deacons that we're going to recognize this morning in, in, the, in the service of where they are getting their hands dirty and need some help getting their hands dirty in the service. So I'm going to turn it over to Keith, and uh, elders, if you'll go ahead and make your way on up here, and then deacons will.